Hi, I want to welcome everybody to the first episode of our podcast on behalf of twowayprayer.org. My name is Father Bill W. I'm an Episcopal priest living here in uh, Austin, Texas. I've had the gift of recovery now from alcoholism and drug addiction since December 27th, 1972. So uh, if I hang in there, uh, coming up on uh, 46 years in December, I'm really grateful for that and for all of the folks who who helped me along the way. Um, I haven't got time uh, in this episode to tell my full story. Maybe I'll do that at uh, some other uh, program. But uh, the quick story is that uh, I made several unsuccessful attempts at recovery until I was aged at age 27. And then I got sober in Detroit. I wound up at the Salvation Army, um, living live there uh, at the uh, Harbor Light program and um, have been sober ever since. I think the thing I, I do want to say about my early recovery is that uh, I was from the, the start uh, really serious about my steps. I was active in a 12-step fellowship that supported sobriety, still active in it. And part of my story is that I also worked uh, later on in the addiction treatment field. Uh, I worked as a an intern, then a counselor, family counselor, uh, family therapist, and administrator of several nonprofit treatment centers all around the country. I think the the reason I'm here today, though, is that uh, at 20 years sober, uh, something was going on inside of me. Um, I, I I was sober. I was happy. I was married by this time. I had three kids, um, doing real well uh, in in my profession. And yet there was an emptiness. Uh, sometimes in recovery, we call it the hole in the soul. Um, it, w- it was starting to, to act up again, uh, just like it had when, it, when I first began my drinking. And, and you know, somehow I think when, the, when an individual gets ready for a, a change, the universe has a way of responding. And, and that was what happened in my case. Uh, about 25 years ago, I was in Oklahoma City. I was there on some business, and somebody said, I need to go and meet a guy by the name of Earl Husband. And Earl was um, an archivist in Alcoholics Anonymous for the state of Oklahoma. Uh, he kept all of their documents, and he was tremendously interested in the Oxford group. So I went over to Earl's house that uh, that night. And um, I guess the, the, really what was going on was if you were in Oklahoma City in that, at that time, and if you, you were going to do your fourth step, uh, people in Oklahoma City would, would send you to Earl's house. So it was Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, I went to Earl's house and um, told Earl who I was. that 20 years sober, and I uh, was kind of searching for something more, and somebody told me he might be a guy who could help me. Well, Earl said well, he hoped nobody came that night, and as it turned out, nobody did. So I spent then about three hours uh, that evening uh, with this man, and he told me about the Oxford Group. <clears throat> now, I had heard about the Oxford Group. Uh, I knew that uh, AA kind of emerged from it, took some of its spiritual principles from it, but I really was not uh, very knowledgeable at all. 
And what Earl managed to do in a very short period of time was introduce me to their spiritual concepts. And the only only way I can describe this is uh, sometimes you'll hear people say, well, to understand this gospel story, uh, you have to hear it in the original Greek. So what I like to say is uh, Earl kind of taught me the steps in the original Greek. And so I'm hearing step two, and, and it was different than I'd ever heard it before. He, he, he takes me through step three, and I'm now doing it differently than I'd ever done it before. And one after the other, uh, I was introduced to um, something that radically changed my life. And uh, I left Earl's house with a stack of books that he gave me. And um, it was, uh, it was um, how do I say it? Uh, the, the beginning of, of a journey that, that's gone on uh, to this day. I think I was getting a little bored with my 12-step program. Uh, well, I, I know I was. <laughs> it's like, you know, I was going over the steps over and over and over again. I felt like I was almost like a, you know, a hamster running around the, the cage, uh, the wheel in the cage. And uh, he opened me up to a whole new way of experiencing the the 12-step program. And uh, I have tried to do what I can to pay him back for that by getting out the word uh, regarding uh, the pioneer program of AA. When I left his house, had a stack of books, a bunch of articles, uh, and I began to read and explore and practice. What I found was at the heart of the Oxford Group program was a practice that they called two-way prayer. And, you know, I had always struggled a bit with prayer and meditation. I tried to do it, but I wasn't really very, very good at it. Um, uh, I think I got some ADD and my mind just, just doesn't quiet down the way perhaps it does for some other people. And, you know, one of the first things I learned was uh, on this two-way prayer that a book that I was really, really familiar with, the the 24-hour day book, had its origins in the writings, the two-way prayer writings of a couple of women in England um, who were struggling. And one of the women uh, wrote down her thoughts from God each day. See, what two-way prayer is about is listening to God. Uh, I'd always prayed to God, and and, and that's really one-way prayer, from me to God. But two-way prayer is taking the time to listen to a voice that the Oxford Group people believed lives inside of each and every person if they are sincerely seeking to find God's will. Uh, so I thought it'd be good to read for you a um, a sampling of um, the 24-hour day book. You're probably familiar with it. And uh, this was written by Richmond Walker. Um, and it goes like this. This is for January the 1st. In the new year, I will live one day at a time. 
I will make each day one of preparation for better things ahead. I will not dwell on the past or the future, only on the present. I will bury, bury every fear of the future, all thoughts of unkindness and bitterness, all my dislikes, my resentments, my sense of failure, my disappointments in others and in myself, my gloom and my despondency. Now, what I didn't know was that um, Walker took those words directly from the writings of these, of these two women in England who were listening to God. So for January 1st, I want to I read uh, their uh, writings. And I want to see if you can uh, sense there's, there's a difference. Uh, I picked it up right away, but see, see if you can hear it. This, this is what the woman wrote. Bury every fear of the future, of poverty for those dear to you, of suffering, of loss. Bury all thought of unkindness and bitterness, all your dislikes, your resentments, your sense of failure, your disappointment in others and in yourselves, your gloom, your despondency, and let us have them all. Go forward to a new and risen life. Remember that you must not see as the world sees. I hold the year in my hands, in trust for you, but I shall guide you one day at a time. Leave the rest with me. I think the thing that strikes me uh, about the difference of those, those two writings is that in, in the case of the woman in England, it is a case of God speaking directly to her. And, and that, uh, that is, uh, has a different impact on a person than reading a nice thought the way Walker put it into the 24-hour book. But whoever thought that God could, would or could speak directly to us? And that's the profound impact that I struggled with when, uh, when I first began two-way prayer. And I think that uh, probably everybody struggles with when they, when they first uh, encounter it. You know, what, what two-way prayer does is we ask God a question, a really sincere, honest question, something that's troubling us in our lives, something that we genuinely need God's help with. And then we listen for a voice. We listen for a voice inside of us. Now, I, you know, I had no trouble finding an attic voice that lived inside of me. No, boy, I knew that one really, really well. And I had no trouble finding a, an inner critic who lived inside of me who would just beat the hell out of me in a moment's notice. Um, but I, then when it came to finding a different voice, the voice of one who loved me, cared about me, wanted only the best for me, that's when my ego started to, to struggle a bit. But I stayed with it. I overcame it. And you know what I teach people when they're doing the practice is use your imagination. My God, we, we've used our imaginations to conjure up all sorts of terrible things that are going to happen to us. Well, our imagination is a gift from God. And so to begin using it creatively. So if God were to speak to me, what would he say? And then begin writing down those thoughts. So I've been doing that for 25 years now. I've taught other people how to do it. Um, I, I did it privately for any number of years, but then um, 
a fellow called me and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm doing this crazy thing called two-way prayer. And he said, well, teach me how to do it. And I taught him how to do it, and I watched him change. And then other people came along, and they wanted to learn about it. So I've been doing workshops. Uh, we put together a, um, a, a website called twowayprayer.org, and it'll teach you how to, uh, how to do the practice. Um, I worked, as I said, as a counselor, a therapist for a number of years. And my job as, as a therapist was, and I worked exclusively with alcoholics and addicts. And my job there was, I believed, to help them have a, a spiritual experience, to help them find God, because I don't know any other way uh, for people to stay sober and be happy uh, unless they have entered into a new life that's based on a different relationship with God, with, with the reality. Uh, call it what, what you will. I'm not too hung up on that. But what I am hung up on is, is that uh, people need to find that connection, um, a different connection um, with life. And uh, for the people who were uh, in early AA, what we call the pioneers in the program, uh, they did a practice called quiet time each morning where they spent time alone with God and, uh, and wrote down the thoughts that came to them. And that, that was their two-way prayer. And Bill Wilson said something pretty interesting. He said later on, after the program was going for a while, he said, I always felt that AA lost something when we stopped emphasizing the morning meditation. Well, I think he was right, and my own experience proved that to me, that the missing piece for me was the two-way prayer, the morning quiet time, uh, a time set aside to listen for God's voice, to find him in my heart, to enter into a new relationship with him, and then to begin, uh, to begin uh, acting on the guidance that I received. So um, one of the reasons I'm also interested in, in two-way prayer is if you look at the recovery rates that people had back in the earliest days, uh, they were a heck of a lot higher than we're seeing today in modern 12-step uh, recovery groups. They had a 75% recovery rate. 50% of the people got sober right away and stayed sober. Another 25% uh, came back after a relapse. Um, one of the things that was really responsible for that high rate of recovery was the two-way prayer, the time spent in prayer meditation with God. Um, so in future podcasts, what we're going to do is help introduce you to this practice. Uh, we're going to listen to the writings of a number of folks who, who've been doing this for some time in this country and uh, some abroad. Um, we'll try to help you find a prayer partner, someone who you can share your two-way prayer writings with, or, or perhaps even help you start a group uh, in, in your own community. If you're sponsoring people in the program, it's a wonderful way to take them through the steps. And then when you get to 10, 11, and 12, you really start living a rhythm of life where you're watching yourself, you're praying, and then you're acting to watch, to pray, and to act. 
And then to have those uh, sponsees sharing their two-way prayer writings with you and you sharing your writings with them, it really opens you up to uh, a whole new way of working the program, living the program, and helping helping people not to be so dependent on us as uh, sponsors, but to teach them to go inside and find that relationship with God. Um, and then what you do as a sponsor, and this is this is really going to cut your work down quite a bit, is rather than when they come to you for advice, tell them, hey, bring me your two-way prayer. Bring me your journal writings. And let me hear what God is guiding you to do. See, if we, if we, if we just give them the fish, uh, they live for a day. But if we teach them to fish, they will have food for a lifetime. I think that's what two-way prayer is about. We're excited to be starting this process, and uh, we hope you'll keep coming back. God bless. Take care.